Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I have a very special guest, as always, but this lady blows my mind. Her name is Nicole Strickland. She is one of the leading West Coast afterlife and paranormal researchers. She is also a consultant to the American Spectral Association. Is that correct, Nicole? Uh, yeah, it's actually um, society, actually. American. Uh, I'm trying to think of their acronym. Yeah, American Spectral Society. Awesome. And they do scientific research in the paranormal. And isn't their goal to prove it? Is that correct? They they investigate. So they uh, investigate uh, locations for uh, paranormal activity, various locations, whether it's, uh, you know, businesses, historical sites. I'm sure they do private homes. I don't know if their their goal is to prove, but just more or less to investigate and gather gather evidence so i know a lot obviously a lot of the the people on that team they're great great investigators uh i know nicole tito and lisa crick Mm -hmm. are really involved in in evp and itc work specifically the sds method and i've worked with them as well joey tito as well so there it's a great bunch of people that's awesome and then you also co-host a long-running show with one of my favorite peeps todd bates and it's called yes. Haunted Voices. And now you have one that you also host called The Afterlife Chronicles. Yes, I do. It's so funny because I've I've been a guest on sh- all these shows for all these years. And mm-hmm. I've, I always thought, well, you know, do I want to have a radio show? Do I want to have a podcast? Yes, I do. But I didn't know if I had time mm-hmm. for it. But, you know, everything aligns as it's supposed to. And so that came to fruition uh, October 8th of 2020. And so that's when I debuted my first episode on the Afterlife Chronicles. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's on the same network, of course, as yeah. Haunted Voices, WLTKDB. And it's it's a lot of fun. I, of course, interview paranormal researchers mm-hmm. and psychic mediums and authors, but I also interview those like myself that study the afterlife. So near death experiencers, afterlife experiencers. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. 
That is a very... Nicole, you blow my mind because when I... The more research I've done about you, you've done a lot of books on the Queen Mary. The RMS, Queen Mary Voices from Her Voyages, all kinds of cool stuff on on that. It, I'm just yeah. blown away. In San Diego, Most Haunted... I mean, wow. How many books do you have out, girl? Oh, my goodness. I think it's about it's about seven now. There's one that's done that I'm going to be mm-hmm. publishing. It was supposed to be published by a traditional publisher, but with the pandemic, right. things have been affected. So I'm taking that and going on my own and actually self-publishing for the first time. So that one, is it's actually the same name as my radio show. So it's the Afterlife Chronicles. Right. And Exploring. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and you can get all your books on your website. Yeah, you can get them on authornicolestrickland.com. Specifically, I provide the different links where you can get them, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the online retailers, as well as like from me. um, I know a lot of people use Amazon or like Barnes & Noble, things like that. So, but yeah, they're they're on there. And uh, so like I was saying, yeah, I'm coming out with the Afterlife Chronicles probably in December, January. And so uh, that's basically in the, the exploring the connection between life, death, and beyond. So that's mm-hmm. fun. And then I'm doing another one with uh, Marie D. Jones and Denise Agnew. Mm-hmm. And that's an anthology about women in the paranormal. That's not going to be out until 2024, but it's it's, it's fun. Every right. project's fun to do. It's, it's the labor of love. Oh, you know, I think like all of us, we all have a certain passion in the paranormal. And yeah. I know one of your, your most recent one is The Afterlife. Yes, yes. So, you know, it's interesting. When I first started, now I've always, like many of us, been interested in the paranormal for Mm -hmm. years. I had experiences as far back as I can remember. And so when I first started, I was very much into uh, investigating primarily, you know, haunted locations so private homes, residences, uh, historic locations for paranormal activity. But I would say in the last two years, and this has just kind of evolved as it was supposed to, I'm now, my interest, I'm still in the paranormal, don't get me wrong, and there's a connection between the two, but I'm now uh, delving more into the study of the afterlife. So uh, really reading up and and talking with people that have experienced near-death or shared death experiences, uh, have had profound spiritual encounters with deceased loved ones, kind of exploring you know, the, uh, how, what there is, the life after that, so to speak. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And uh, it's, it, it, like you said, it's definitely a passion. It really is. Do you find it interesting? I know, like you investigated, obviously haunted places and had experiences of your own. How do you feel about certain things that paranormal investigators do? Um how would I say it? I'm trying to say it in each of them have a different method of things. Right. What is your preferred method to approach a haunting? Oh, that's a good question. I think everyone's different. You know, every person's different. Every team is different. Some are uh, purely intuitive and and employ more of the metaphysical uh, modalities. Others are more, and some people cringe at this word, but I will use it, Mm -hmm. more of the scientific types of methodologies. For me, I like to blend the two. I feel that if, you know, I, I don't think it's beneficial to 
to investigate this field without paying attention to our senses and including that sixth sense. So that's why I employ, you know, metaphysical types of methodologies, divining rods, working with pendulums, certain crystals, things like that, but then also using standardized types of methodologies as well, you know, audio experimentation, environmental monitoring, uh, experimentation, things like that. So mm-hmm. I kind of blend, I blend the two and that, that seems to work well for right. me and for, for my team. So. Okay. Do you, now you yourself, are you an intuitive as well? Do you, can you speak to them? Yeah, I am. Okay. And it's, I actually just talked about this. It's funny you mentioned that. I actually just <laughs> talked about this last night on my show. And uh, it's one of those uh, things that I've actually kept kind of not silent, but I've kept low profile. Uh, and I know, and I even said on my show last night, I'm like, you know, it's weird how I've been in this field for 20 years. And sure. all of a sudden I'm talking about being intuitive, but it's it's an evolutionary type of process. And so I talked about the meaning behind it for me and then being involved in this field, how you're, not only your intuition grows, but your psychic aptitudes do as well. Mm-hmm. And so just coming to terms with that. And so that's uh, what I talked about last night. So yeah, I do. I have, I'm very intuitive. Uh, I would classify myself absolutely as a psychic medium now that, that I'm more aware of it. And I think we all are. Mm-hmm. Just some people are just not maybe tapped into it as much, or right. maybe they're choosing not to be open to it. But it's something I think that we all have. Sure. And I'm wondering because you're so fascinated with the afterlife now, and you've worked with with the dead for quite a long time. And I'm yeah. wondering if that muscle is just not very in tuned and exercised. That now you're beginning to see, wow, there's a bigger picture here. I think so. I think you hit it on the head of the nail with that. I think it's just the exposure, the awareness. It's all coming into place. It's all blooming and blossoming as it's supposed to. And it's something that I've learned that I'm learning more to accept in myself. So I think that that plays into it as well. Now, I don't know about you. A lot of people, when they go through spiritual growth, it's kind of painful. It can be. It's an awakening. It's, it's yeah. almost, it's like I have always said, it's almost like a blessing and a curse at the same time. More of a blessing. Right. But yeah, it, it's it's very, very intriguing, you know, to, to go through that process. It's very cathartic as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what finally made you? Was it something that inspired you a certain spirit, a certain person that inspired you to explore more of your intuitive and afterlife starts now? Good. Very good question. So I'll try to, I I talk about this, you know, at length, I'll try to keep it short, but I've always been interested ever, ever since I was a child, as far back Mm -hmm. as I can remember, I had experiences that I could not explain. And so that interest stayed with me, you know, through elementary, middle and high school, Then when I was at the University of Arizona, I was at my senior year, undergraduate college, and my maternal grandmother, her name was, and I share this a lot, Helen Lopinto, she passed away actually on her daughter's birthday, so obviously my mom's birthday. Mm -hmm. And so she called me the night before she transitioned, and she wanted to uh, ask if I was okay. And I thought, well, this is random. You know, why is she calling me with this? And so we talked on the phone, had a great conversation. Mm-hmm. The next day on October 25th, my mom, her daughter, obviously called me, and I could tell by the tone of her voice that something wasn't right. 
And so that's when she said, you know, grandma passed away early in the morning, about 4.45 a.m. Mm. I was devastated, very, yeah. very close with my grandmother. And so I flew out from Tucson, Arizona, back to San Diego, where my family was, just to spend time with them for the for a few days. And then after that, I came back to Tucson. And then about uh, a few days elapsed. And then I started having experiment, or not experiments, experiences, I should say, in my apartment that I didn't have prior to her passing. And at first I thought, well, I'm upstairs in a unit, it's vibration, it's my neighbors, you know, I was just trying to logically explain it. So like the doorknobs would rattle my front door and my bedroom door. And then one night I felt like a disembodied hand caress my face. And then I was sitting on the bed a couple of nights later doing schoolwork. And then I saw something out of my left peripheral vision. And when I looked, there was my grandmother, full-bodied, as if she was alive. She looked about 10 years younger. She was wearing one of her favorite blue and white uh, flowered dresses. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it looked like she had a halo behind her shining against her. And so that was the one experience that really got me out actively investigating the paranormal. And so ever since then, this was... 2000, the year 2000. Ever since then, that's what I've been doing. So I really credit her for this path. I've always thought, well, you know, was this a bereavement hallucination on my part or did she really come to me in in that moment? I like to think that she did. And I think she knew before I did the path that I was destined to go down. And so I really credit her for that. And so it's you know, and you hear, you hear, I'm sure you've interviewed other researchers yes. that tell you the, you know, that one profound experience that really got them going. Oh, yes, so, definitely. Yeah. So. And I think it's really interesting because when, when you tell people, you know, when you talk about the paranormal, all they see is, Ooh. and I'm right. like, it's so more in depth than people realize. These are people, almost every one of them I've talked to have an experience. Right. It, it's way more in depth and there's there's a, a, a significant meaning behind it. And it goes to show that, you know, really, I mean, our world and the next isn't really that far away. Yeah. And I was telling somebody the other day because they were asking me, like, why do you have a paranormal podcast? I said, well, one, I get to talk to some pretty amazing people. Yeah. <laughs> I get to find right? out why they're into it. Totally. And, and I said, the ultimate curiosity Right. And that's Absolutely. all they're trying to figure out. Every one of us are trying to figure out what is out there. Absolutely. And I find, don't you find that it's getting stronger? Oh, it's yeah. almost like there's, the, it's like we're going through a period of ascension. Oh, yes, we are. And definitely. And, it, and I think that's the main reason why there's a lot of turmoil and, and all this crappy stuff going on in the mm-hmm. world today, because people are trying to come to terms with it. Oh, yeah, you can and feel once it. We, Right? Can't you feel that? Oh, I yeah. mean, it's it's crazy right now, <laughs> oh, yes. but we are going through that. So definitely. So, have you seen an increase of activity since all this is going on? Since the pandemic, I would yeah. say, uh, gosh, you know, I think it's been going on for several years. But mm-hmm. I think, I think, um, and I can't really say that this is just from the pan the start of the pandemic, but in this time. I'm noticing more people are open to talking about experiences. Yeah. And again, I think it started maybe a little bit prior to the pandemic, but I think 
you know, something global on a global scale, like what we've experienced, I think is opening up people's minds. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, definitely. So, Nicole, I know you've come across quite a bit of humans out of their body. So, quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few. (laughs) And of course, I'm sure you get this question a lot. Any particular one took at your heartstrings? Oh, my goodness. You know, gosh, I have to think about this. Um, I, I would say there's probably not one per se. There's probably a few. I think the ones that um, uh, have passed in very uh, tragic ways that can come through wanting to get the help to maybe transition on. I, I will I will talk about one that I don't normally share a lot, but he was a co-worker and sadly mm. he uh, ended his own life by jumping off the Coronado Bridge. Ooh, sorry. And so this was, yeah, this was in 2016. Very, very difficult time. And so it was about maybe six months later that um, he came to me and it was just out of nowhere that he just mm-hmm. appeared and I knew it was him because I obviously knew him and I know his energy and he wanted to let me know that he was at peace. Mm-hmm. And I I almost felt that peace from him. And it was it was that eternal peace that it, it was just such a, how do I describe it? It was such a, a grandiose sense of peace that mm-hmm. you can't deny it. So that's, that's an experience right there that has uh, tugged on my heartstrings as well. But just pretty, I mean, pretty much any energy I come across, I, I feel very honored to to have the the opportunity to to communicate with them because I think every one of them has a story, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been interesting to investigate and do actual case studies at locations. And so one of those locations for me, of course, is the Queen Mary in Long Beach, but also the Ranch of Buena Vista Adobe mm-hmm. up in Vista, California. And so that's we've had a chance to really get to know a lot of the spiritual residents there. And I think when you can do that, it's, it's a very rewarding uh, time for an investigator. So I have a really odd question and sure. you're probably one of the first investigators that have asked this to you. How do you feel about moving them on? Nicole? Oh, good question. Good question. And I know some people differ on this. Now yeah. I have participated in sessions where people, have claimed to to do spirit rescue. This is my thought. People may agree with it. People may not. That's right. absolutely fine. But this is my thought. I don't think that someone in a in a, a human body, so someone on this earthly plane, can take ownership of a spirit. I think what we can do is maybe help facilitate. Right. But I think in 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 the end, it is up to that specific entity. That if, if he or she wants to move on, we can be there and explain, you know, there's a better place, all of that. But in the end, it's up to that entity whether or not he or she wants to move on. So I do not think uh, it's fair to force mm-hmm. to force them or anything right. like that. So for that reason, I I can't I can't say that, oh, yes, I I definitely can rescue a spirit because I don't want to take credit for that. Right. And I, you know, so that's just kind of my my take on it. Will I help to facilitate if if that's what I'm feeling that they want from me? Sure, but I'm definitely not going to uh, take credit for that. That's really interesting because I hear so many different things on that. Yeah, and everyone's different, you know, and that's what makes this field go round. You know, it's fine to have differing opinions, yeah. and viewpoints, and you know, we just don't know. 
Right. Exactly. You know, we can think we know. I think you're right. I think going by your intuition and feeling is the most important thing. Right. I think doing, you know, if it, if it feels right in your heart, then obviously you're making a good decision. If it's something that you're just like, oh, I don't know about this. Well, maybe you should rethink it. Yeah. Now, you yourself, have you ever had any personal afterlife experience? Have you ever astro projection? Um, oh my gosh! You know that's that's a. I think so I've actually. Well, I will share. So I had two litter mates. So I had Max and Kaylee. Max passed in 2016. I've had some very beautiful experiences with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sister Kaylee lived uh, a few years longer, and so she was 18 and a half years old when she passed on December 19th. 2021 and she was just a an amazing cat i mean here she was 18 and a half of diabetes hyperthyroidism and a and a nodule on her lungs and she still managed to live to that age Mm -hmm. so last december it got to the point where she was struggling and went into heart failure just like her brother did and so of course i told her to let me know when when she wanted me to help her um, you know, take her over and, and help her transition. So of course she let me know. Sure. And my mom and I drove her over to uh, the uh, veterinary specialty hospital in Sorrento Valley in San Diego. Very nice veterinarian who knew her was there and allowed her to transition very peacefully. It was a very, very peaceful transition. Mm-hmm. Very interesting with her that I've never had with any uh, uh, other deceased animal or, or animal that's transitioned or any other loved one or friend that's passed on for about, I would say like a couple of nights after her passing, I was able to, and these dreams occurred in my bedroom is, is in the, it was the same environment mm-hmm. when I went to sleep. So I think they were astral projection projections in a way because I would fall asleep and then I would, wake up but be in the same exact environment in my bedroom that I was when I fell asleep same lighting uh-huh. same furniture same everything and there have been at least about eight dreams now so far where I'm in my bed and I'm in that like weird st- in between state of sleep mm-hmm. and I'm able to feel Kaylee meets me and I'm able to feel her I've 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 felt her walk. I've I've felt her fur. I've felt the warmth. I felt the heartbeat, and I'm able to uh, meet her on her level. So I think in that that's a really good example yeah. of potential astral travel to slight astral travel to meet her on her plane. And that's weird. So yeah, it's it's with her, and I don't I don't know. I think she mastered the afterlife right mm-hmm. away and so i think she's she helps me to do it because i've never actually you know had that experience with any other um relative or loved one that's sure. passed on maybe she's so. like guiding you to learn more about it i think she is that's actually a really good point she's always been very intelligent um always vibrated at a higher frequency in life and now in and the afterlife i know she has a high rank up there so i'm proud of her yeah <laughs> i think animals are just Anyone that knows me, I'm a big animal freak. Me too. Oh my goodness. Yes. Ah, they are wonderful. Right? (laughs) In every sense of the word. I I have have a 21 year old cat right now still with me. She's 21 and a half. I know. Isn't that crazy? Her name's Ari. She's wonderful. Uh, My first dog lived to be 18 years old. Wow. Her name was Abby. She, she was so funny. Um, I can remember I was driving. I love animals and 
terroir. Everybody kept telling me, don't get an animal. And I was like, oh, don't listen to them. Driving. And then I look over and there's this little beagle-like head popped up. Oh. And I sat on that grass for two hours getting her to come over to me. Finally, oh, she did. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, my god! And she was tick-infested, pregnant, the whole nine yards. I brought her to the vet, and he just shook her head. And I think he charged me to do everything because the puppies did not survive. She was too small for them. Oh, no. He charged me a whole 200 for a whole U-Haul on this dog. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my and, goodness. Oh. And she was adorable. She was, like, white with tan spots. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, was she a full bred beagle? Because I had a mutt that was part beagle. She was, when a, I was mutt. a kid. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. They're so precious. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then I'll be damned if, like, a year later, someone didn't tie a chow chow puppy to my air conditioner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, they just know how, you know what? We know how to pick them. I'm telling I know. you. They pick us, actually. I think they pick us. But and yeah. <laughs> ever since then, girl, now I have five animals. So. See, oh. I used to have five cats at one point. Okay, and a bird. So I get it. What I kind of bird? Nicole. Cockatiel. I, cockatiel. I have a cockatiel named Freya and an Amazon oh. named Maggie. Oh my gosh! See, I oh, I love this. Let's <laughs> just let's talk about animals the rest of the show. All right. I mean, oh my god. Oh my gosh! Well, animals they are huge in the spirit world. I don't care what anyone oh, tells huge. me. They come huge. back mm-hmm. when I need them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's amazing to have those experiences and the energy. Their energy is mm-hmm. different than than human energy. And it's 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 wonderful. Yeah. Now when you do research, I'm sure you run into dogs and cats and animals. And I spirit. have and I have actually, and not just my own, but other people. And it's it's interesting to hear the stories. And people light up when they talk about having encounters with their animals that have transitioned it's it's very enlightening oh yeah animals are cool Uh, my chow chow he had cancer and it was so funny because we went to bed like normal yeah and the next day got up and we had a morning routine we'd go down the steps in the same like rhythm go downstairs and i'd give him treats but I'd always hold on to the back because he was tall. I always held on to like the back as I went down the steps because yeah. I just loved Ozzy. And I got down there and I turned around to give him his treat. He was standing right there. He wasn't there. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. He had passed in the middle of the night where he was laying when he went to bed. Oh, my goodness. That is an amazing experience. I mean, that's. That's a lot of energy right there. Yeah. And I tell you what, I did not even think he died because the vet gave him six months. Like I turned around and I thought he ran back upstairs. Oh my goodness. That is a lot of energy. Yeah. Wow. All my animals, I mean, as you know, we are all blessed to have animals. Oh, absolutely. They are such teachers in my belief system. They're oh, me teachers. too. Like, absolutely. They are so intelligent and so they're so aligned with with you know your the soul's true purpose. They're just completely in line with what their soul wants, and so you know they're like you said, they're master teachers. Oh yeah, and I, I hate it when people tell me they don't have souls. It, it just oh oh no, it that's gets not me no. fired up. 
<laughs> I, oh, it does me too. But you know what? It's like, why waste your energy? Because exactly. if someone's going to say that, you you know, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. I always tell people, wow. you might believe that, but if I see you mistreat an animal, you'll have to answer to my little feistiness. <laughs> oh, no. If anyone ever hurt, I would have to be in prison because... <laughs> If anyone ever heard, I would be, yeah, I would not be uh, roaming free anymore. That's all I have to say. I know, because I would take oh out some gosh. kneecaps. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. Yep. I know it's like we're all talk, but in all seriousness, though, yeah. no, absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Nicole, I find it super interesting. You were very much into the the whole St. Mary's thing, the boat. What attracted you to that? Oh, the Queen Mary. You know, yeah, I'm sorry. Again, St. Mary's, where'd that come from? You know what? It came from somewhere. It's all okay. You know, she probably just has a nickname <laughs> in that somewhere down the line that I haven't heard. Who knows? One of the, It's one of those life situations that I, of course, never planned for. It just happened. And so I, my mom used to do ballroom dancing. And so she actually went on board the Queen Mary. And this is before I had even seen the ship or anything like that. She went ballroom dancing and um, on the aft end, so the stern side, and in a room called the Veranda Grill, and that was actually the Starlight Roof Club for the um, cabin first class passengers. Uh, so, so she was introduced to it before I was. And so, again, undergraduate college, my junior mm-hmm. year, we actually came out from Arizona out here for spring break, and then a friend and I decided to take one of those three-day carnival cruises, you know, you go to yeah. Mexico, you go to Catalina, you spend a day at sea. So the very first time I saw the RMS Queen Mary was from the back seat of a car. And I remember looking at the ship saying, whoa, that is gorgeous. And I, and I remember saying to myself, okay, mental note here, right. I'm going to head back here one day. Fast forward to 2005, that's the first time I actually stepped on board on a deck, which is one of the hotel decks is where the hotel uh, uh, lobby check-in is. And I remember, and it's, you know, I try to talk about this in words. I try to put it in words, but it's it's one of those things where it's hard to, Mm -hmm. I, the second I stepped foot on board, I felt completely at home. I felt like I had been there. Everything about the ship was so crazy familiar to me so I don't know if maybe it's a past life thing I've had that suggested maybe but just a a soul connection to the ship and then it's interesting when I was writing my third book um, Voices from Her Voyages I had talked to former crew and former passengers and war brides and many of them too had that same connection that I do so there's other people that feel it Uh uh-huh And so, and June Allen is actually, she was a good friend of ours and she was among the first wave of war brides on the ship. And she says it perfectly. She's like, you know what? The ship chooses you. The ship knows who can really tap into her soul. Mm -hmm. The ship knows who falls in love with her. And so she chooses you. And so I feel like she chose, I'm one of the ones she chose. And so it's been just (laughs) this ongoing, you know, study ever since with history and the paranormal. So yeah, it's like my second home. What year was the ship built? 1934. So actually design concepts began in 26. Mm -hmm. And then she was scheduled to get ready to go in 32. But then the depression halted it. So she, her launch actually took place uh, September 26, 1934. And so she retired in Long Beach, 
December 9th of 1967. And then, of course, had a full career during World War II as well. That's so interesting. Yeah. Amazing history. Amazing history. Because what you had just told me, somebody else recently um, said the same thing, that the, the ship chooses you. Really? Oh, yeah. that's interesting. So I'm wondering it, who that was. Oh, wow. It, it was in passing. I think I was in a group, and it was all like a metaphysical yeah. type of group, and somebody had said that, and it was less than a year ago. And that, oh, that's what oh. – I was like, that's so weird. That's really cool to hear that those same words said from another person because I it's it's my I mean I've spent hours on the Queen Mary spanning close to twenty years and I will say without a single doubt that the Queen Mary is very sentient very much alive and so yeah it's like this weird duality between her as a main spirit and then mm-hmm. she's like the mother protector to a lot of her resident energies as well so it's unlike other locations that I've ever investigated in the sense that she's extremely sentient. It's it's almost like she's alive like a human. Well, you know, some people believe that houses are sentient. Oh, yeah, I do too. You know, my house definitely has a personality, I can tell you. <laughs> right? You know, I, I think buildings, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, if she sent it, I, I wonder if maybe an element took over or something very strong and present. Very, very, very much could be. Uh, I know that, you know, back when the ship was being built, uh, the depression halted, you know, and and, and she was supposed to be built sooner. And so the depression uh, influenced that. But there was such a, a, a Cunard board chairman, Sir Percy Bates, back in the day was like, we need to finish the building of the Queen Mary. And so a lot of people wrote letters in saying the ship needs to be built. So there was a love for her. Mm-hmm. Before she was even built, if that makes sense. So I, I, I think, I think that that plays into it. But I oh, think there's sure. something greater. There's something greater that maybe we don't know as to why the Queen Mary is just, just the way she is. And it's just she's so beautiful. That's so, so beautiful. I've never got a chance to see it, but that is on my bucket list. Oh, I mean, if you're, if you're, I mean, which I have no doubt that you are, you'll feel the energy. It's, oh. For me, it's a very beautiful, spiritual, um, wonder type of energy there oh, wow. on the Queen Mary. So it's it's amazing. And do you feel that way about cities also? I do. Yeah. You know what? I've always had a tie. It's weird. I've had the two cities, well, besides San Diego, that I've always felt. There's three, actually, mm-hmm. that I feel a draw to. New York City is one of them, mm-hmm. of course. Absolutely. Uh, San Francisco and Savannah, Georgia. Those three, for some reason, just have such a personality almost more than other cities for mm-hmm. me. But yeah, it's, I do. That's a good point. Absolutely. I always find that interesting when I always like to ask people that if they traveled, because I know you're well-traveled. Yeah. It, it's just so interesting which places call people, yeah. especially being a paranormal investigator. Absolutely. Um, I mean, just even little towns, too. Like, for example, Julian. Mm-hmm. Um, a little mining town just, you know, about an hour uh, northeast of San Diego. That is another one that I think is very sentient and very protected. Do you know how many wildfires have been uh, caused or started around Julian and she's never burnt down? So, I mean, there's, you know, it's just interesting energy there. Yeah. I mean, so, wow. I never even thought yeah. about that, but you're right. Right. It's crazy when you think about it. 
So what is next for you coming up? Anything oh my that you're Let's hiding? See. No, 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 not hiding. We do have a <laughs> we do have a historical. Okay, let's see. We have a because you know obviously COVID with the pandemic. I haven't really been doing that much investigating in the last two years. For sure. But, Right. So we have a historical case coming up in San Diego, a very historic home that we're working on right now. And then just uh, writing, you know, trying to get this next book published. And then, of course, uh, let's see, uh, just the radio shows and and interviews and other types of classes and things as they come along. So talk about the radio shows so people can tune in and enjoy them. Yeah, so WLTKDB, of course, station manager, Todd Bates, uh, WLTKDB.com. There's all, there's, I think, 22 shows now. So a lot of metaphysical, uh, some ghosts and hauntings, some cryptid. I know there's Monday Morning Monsters, I think, with Barnaby Jones. Mm Mm-hmm which is a cryptid show. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. I know my show, uh, The Afterlife Chronicles, airs Thursday night, 6 mm-hmm. Pacific, 9 Eastern, just for one hour. And of course, it's archived on all the audio listening platforms. And then Haunted Voices used to be on Tuesdays, but we've moved it to Friday nights because mm-hmm. it debuted a couple of weeks ago. And so that's Friday nights, 8 Pacific, and then 11 Eastern with Todd and I. And so uh, tonight we're actually talking with uh, Susan Catom Bernard of oh. the Nevada State Prison, which should be an interesting yeah, show. That would be awesome. Yeah. So it'd be cool to hear the stories because um, her family goes way back in the lineage mm-hmm. of this of this prison. So it'll be really interesting to hear the history of it and the stories from her. So wow, that is so yeah. cool. So everybody. Right? turn into those shows you will love that station if you're into paranormal metaphysical spiritual stuff as well they have it on there and not to yeah. mention you get to hear nicole which is even oh, more awesome you're so awesome we would lo- i would love to have you on mine and then we'll get you on haunted voices you know when you when you meet like-minded people you know you gotta, you gotta stick together you know well exactly because i think we like i said i think we all want to know the answers and it's mm-hmm. just opening up our minds our hearts and our souls to figure things out is right is a, is a hard spiritual growth for all of us i think so but it's it's a it is it's hard but it's very moving and very enlightening yeah. and it's almost so, like they play peekaboo with us oh absolutely and the more you're aware of it the more mm-hmm. it happens oh yeah you know it's just it's just it gets stronger which is really nice okay i have got to ask you a question nicole Sure, go for it. I'll try to answer. Out it. of all, <laughs> out of all, and I think I asked Todd this too. Actually, out of all the paranormal things that you've investigated or heard of, for me, that scares me the most are the black-eyed children. What makes you go, "Oh heck, no"? Oh my gosh! You know, it's this is hard for me to answer because I don't really have a fear of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's the most. It's like I, I almost fear the living and what the living puts into it. That's more very than good. more than what the you know because it you know a lot of times for example you can go into a location and someone can say, oh my gosh, I got you know scratches or what I think is scratches on my arm that mm-hmm. I'm therefore sure, yeah. saying okay, well then that 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 entity definitely had the intent to scare me and all of that. And it may not be. That's what we're ascribing to the energy. So I'm more scared of what the living can put into a location than really Come what 
what the you know what the ghost but and then a lot of these other you know energies i mean they may seem so foreboding but maybe we are not understanding them but yeah. i that is something cuz you do hear stories of those and they do seem kind of alarming you know you hear of the classic you know you hear of shadow energies which could be a you know a, sure. a stage of manifestation and then you hear of the classic shadow person and you hear all of these theories mm-hmm. again we don't really know but i mean let's assuming that maybe they are here to observe the living i don't know but it's i guess i'm just different in the sense that i i'm sure. i guess get a little bit more weirded out as to what what the living and the bias the living puts into a location than what the location do you think gives me from your experiences with exploring and investigating do you think sometimes people bring in things or create things on an energy level yes i do i am there i i talk about tulpas and thought projections a lot i do and so you know it's just you know not all the time but you Mm -hmm. have that's something that i think you should as an investigator pay attention to like if you're going into a private home that's something you need to weed out, you know, is the family causing this, you know, is their belief system yeah. playing into effect? effect? Is it, is it um, the family dynamic that's playing into effect? So it's, you know, it's kind of like trying to piece together all the different pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And how about urban legend, like Slender Man and things like that? Do you think they are created by us? I think it's highly possible in a lot of these. I, I do. I mean, I do. It's a, you know, it, it's one of those things where you really have to go back and see, okay, well, when did this start? Let's go back to the origin of it and then work backwards. So I do. I do. I think a lot of these are, are created by the living. Absolutely. I always find that fascinating and more scary, actually. Than right? Anything. I know. Absolutely. So if we're creating some of this stuff, we are in that veil. We're playing in that area we're not supposed to be playing in, maybe. (laughs) Right. I mean, well, I mean, that's just an example of this as, you know, a lot of Hollywood movies and it sells. I get that horror, evil, malevolence. You're seeing that theme in a lot of these Hollywood shows. And so that's influencing pop culture is a huge influence and so you know those that are naive and gullible and they're going to just take that in and dissect that that's going to affect their their belief systems and then of course it's more work for us and the paranormal to try to you know help explain it but uh you know and you know what i find fascinating too and i know the genres always cross-pollinate but often people ask me if i'm really into like crime shows and really into yes and i'm like but i'm not right you know i've gotten that too and i find those types of shows interesting but you you can see where it can kind of overlap in many ways yeah and i'm like that scares me guys i know (laughs) i mean me me too i'm i'm honestly i'm more afraid of the living than i am of you know and that's just i mean i've heard this from many people too i mean we're not alone in that regard that's kind of nice because somebody asked me that the other day you probably love crime shows it's like oh no (laughs) there it is that's a line no i don't want to play with that I do like, there's one show I do like, The I think it's the first 48, just because I like uh-huh. watching how the detectives, you know, try to solve the cases. Oh, sure, yeah. So that's an interesting show. But yeah, I mean, some of these are just, just flat out, just horrifying. I know, like, oh no, I don't want to cross that path. 
No. I, oh my gosh, no. no. I mean, geez. Uh, yeah, I mean, all these cases you hear about, and there's one, I'm not going to mention just names out of, you know, respect for the family, but, you know, it happened a few years ago. Uh, husband killed his wife and, and two children out mm-hmm. in Colorado. I mean, we all know what that is. But that's just, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? That's horrifying. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't I, fathom that. No, no. It's just, it's, it's like, that's what I mean. Like, what happens to people to cause them to do that? I don't know. You know, if somebody asked me, would you rather meet a vampire or talk to that person? And I'm like, vampire. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. And they're like, what? Right? Why? And it's like, well, because the vampire's up front. Right? I know. The guy Tell that's me about it. Plotting to kill somebody <laughs> is not up front. <laughs> See, that's where I'm at. Vampire. Totally. We know. <laughs> right? I mean, and a lot of these energies get such a bad rap and you know, it's I think there's a lot of mislabeling and class and you know, uh, irresponsibility of classifying. Let's put oh because you had this one experience, you're going to classify this entity in this category. Well, that's not fair because yeah. maybe the entity didn't mean to do anything. I know, maybe they were just minding <laughs> you know? their own business. How right. Do you, how do you feel about like werewolves and vampires and entities like that? Yeah, you know, I I think a lot of, you know, this the urban lore and the urban legends, again, I question whether mm-hmm. or not, you know, you have to go back to the origins and really yeah. kind of work backwards. I think a lot of it, a lot of those have been created by people out of fantasy and things like that. But then, I don't know, maybe there are energies that are similar to that, that maybe we have not discovered. I think there's a lot of other energies out there that are existing Sure, aren't negative yeah. they're just existing like we are and maybe they haven't been discovered yet uh, absolutely so so how do people get a hold of you nicole okay so i'm all over i mean social media just facebook different pages nicole d strickland is is kind of my main one we have my team is uh, san diego paranormal uh, and then of course our facebook is the acronym sdprs mm-hmm. and then i have uh, afterlife chronicles and beyond on facebook uh, instagram author nicole strickland let's see twitter sdprs nicole and then of course my website author nicole uh, strickland.com that i need to do some updating on that i've been lazy about so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's i mean that's the bulk of it right there i'm not on tiktok yet i have been asked that i'm just thinking like well how how am i uh, gonna one more media I, thing <laughs> right i don't i don't know i don't know maybe we'll we'll figure that out so maybe at some point but. oh man there's so many <laughs> I know. It's just, you know, and I'm not a big social media person. I never have been. So yeah. I, it's just this, this like, like, uh, like I get off and on, you know, I get on quick and then I get off. It's like, uh, right. I check yeah. my email on it. Right. All the time <laughs> because that's how I communicate, you know, yeah. <laughs> but then I'm I, like, uh, nobody yeah. needs to know my personal life. <laughs> I am the same. I'm very private like that, but you know, I mean, it is good for networking. So It is very good for that. I, we can't complain. So no, no, not at all. Oh, Nicole, I would love to have you come back on after your book is published. Oh, I would love to talk with afterlife. you. Yes. Absolutely. Let's do that. That'd be great. I'll get you on, on our shows as well. So we'll definitely talk. Sure. I would love that. And Nicole, it's been an honor. You're, you've done some amazing work. And oh, I, thank you it was so a much. pleasure having you on. And at some point, thank you. I'd like to have you and Todd on together. Yeah, I'm sure we would love that. He would love that. That'd oh, yeah. He's hilarious. I love him. 
I know, right? I mean, he's a, just a natural comedian. People say I am too, but he's, I think he's just a little bit more than me. I don't know. I get, bet you guys together are kind of hilarious. We kind of, we do have this comedic duality. I know, I think, I know people have said that, which is kind of cool. It just kind of works out that way. I just so. hope our paths cross where we meet as people. Oh, yeah, we have to. Absolutely. And yeah. that will happen. If you put it out in the universe, it will happen. It's out there. Maybe soon. Yes. Nicole. Soon. I know we're both just exhausted this week. <laughs> I think everyone is. My goodness, it's been a long week. But I am looking forward to talking to you again. And I want to thank you for coming on Twilight Tonic. Oh, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Oh, the honor's all mine. Thank you so much. And thank you. Give that kitty spirit a hug for me. I sure will. You do the same with your babies as well. I will. And you have a great night. You too. Talk to you soon, okay? Bye. Bye bye.